you have to be aggressive like this because again, there's not enough talent. Yeah. If you want to get the best of the best, you have to make sure you're being very aggressive and pulling them in. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another fun episode of Flip Buffalo Podcast. I think this was a long time coming. I have here with me a really, really dear friend and someone I admire personally as a marketer, uh, but also as a leader in the industry. So Jeff, he has ran marketing at BGI. He has run marketing at uh, QS Symphony, now Park Mobile. We'll talk about that, uh, what it does. But also just an overall, as your LinkedIn says, overall a nice guy, right? I, I genuinely believe that that is so true about you. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's about time you've invited me on your podcast. I've been waiting by the phone. I was like, man, Sangram's going to call one day, I think. And then I start seeing like, Sangram interviews Guy Kawasaki. Sangram interviews Brian Halligan. I was like, oh, I don't have a chance to be on the podcast now. See, I was waiting for the right people. Now you will feel comfortable. Okay. Because the only other person is... Seth Godin, which yeah. is which is like next week. So it's Seth Godin is next week. Yeah, Seth Godin. Yeah. Uh, so you will. I interviewed him. It's going to drop yeah. next week. So wow. by the time this is this goes live, it will be already wow. live. Wow. And man, it was so fun just talking to Seth about like just just marketing in general. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I think we have to disclose our history. Though, <laughs> yes, don't we? go for it. So when I was at PGI, I was VP of marketing there. And I was thinking about, okay, that's a, PGI was a big company. It was a publicly traded company. I was like, well, I want to do something a lot more entrepreneurial. And I met you at a, I think a Gartner event at some point. And we decided to have lunch. And so we went to lunch and at the lunch, you told me you were leaving Salesforce at the time. Yes. So we both worked for these big companies yeah. and you were leaving a big company and probably a, a really good, well-paying job to go for a startup. Yeah. And for some reason, I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> like, that, that's a great idea, Sanger. And I know where it's going. <laughs> and so you're like, well, if you want to do it, Jeff, there's another job that I just heard about. I want, let me introduce you to the CEO. So yeah. then I left my... That I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You passed on it. So you passed it along to me. And, you know, but it was funny because I ended up taking that job. So we both walked away from these... Yeah. You know, jobs that probably paid us pretty well at big companies to go start happy family life. around the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, I think they were both our first yeah. formal CMO gigs. Totally. And and you're still with Terminus. Yeah. I, I was at uh, QA Symphony and then moved to Park Mobile as yeah. CMO. But it, it it set me on a kind of interesting path in my career. So I, I'm I feel like I, you still make the joke around like, man, Sangram somehow convinced me to take a low paying job <laughs> as a CMO than anything else. Yeah. Well, a lot of people come to me because they work at big companies and they saw that I made the transition, yeah. and they they ask me like, Jeff, I, I really want to do something more entrepreneurial. Yeah. Right. And that's like what everybody wants. Who's kind of at this state of this part of their career. But I start to kind of say, well. You know, you gotta, you're gonna have to take a hit in comp, and it's all about the future and yeah. probably getting some equity. And most of them say, "Well, how bad a hit in comp do I have to take?" <laughs> and I start telling them, and they're like, "Oh, all right, forget about that." Idea. <laughs> right? Let's have lunch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta have the stomach for it, and you gotta believe in yourself, and you gotta believe in your skills and your ability to 
to grow a company. Yeah. And if you don't, you're probably better off staying in those big companies totally. and, and getting paid well. Why not? It is too far glorified of a thing in the marketplace <laughs> right now of like, hey, startup. And, and when the economy is good, like everybody wants to kind of flex their muscles. But like how many startups that we know have actually gone up and how many people have actually made money? They're not that many. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's something it's a great cautionary yeah. tale for both of us is like we've been lucky and we have you know, run through into some sort of things. But I know hundreds uh, who have done right. tried to do the same and have not been successful. So you got to have the appetite, as yeah. you said. Yeah. Startups are hard. Yeah. And it takes a long time to get the success that you want. Yeah. Right. And I think there's this myth out there that, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to go join the startup. And then two years, I'm going to be a billionaire. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get a yacht. And um, it's, it's really hard. And I think coming out of a big company and then going to a startup, one of the things that I learned, it's like, oh, wow, things that normally I would have had help doing, I have to do myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? It's like, yes. all right, there's a press release we have to get out. Who's going to write it? Well, we don't have a PR agency because yes. we can't afford one. I guess I have to write it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Who's going to send it to the media? I guess I have to send it to the media. Yep. But, it's, but actually, if you like doing those things, if yeah. you like building, you like seeing tangible results from what you're putting into the effort. Yeah. There's nothing better. Yeah. There really is. It is very gratifying. It is very gratifying for sure. All right. So along those lines, what's even harder in some ways is actually hiring a kick-ass team that can do all these things. So what we're going to really talk about today on this podcast is, is really how do you hire the best? Right. in the marketplace, right? right? And, and where do you start? What are the processes? So Jeff wrote something as like the 10, I, I don't know if it's called a manifesto of hiring <laughs> a great team. Uh, and I looked at that and said, no, we got to talk about that topic. So before we get into that, fun fact about yourself. Fun fact about myself. Other than that, I pushed you into the startup world. <laughs> I don't know if it's fun anymore. Other than Sangram financially destroyed my family for the next 10 years. No, fun fact about myself. So I grew up outside of Philadelphia. So I'm a lifelong, long-suffering Philly sports fan. Last year was very good, actually, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But uh, this year, they had a good season this year. So I grew up outside of Philly. Uh, Some people refer to it as Southern New Jersey. Yeah. Um, So I'm a a Jersey kid at heart. And and as a good Jersey kid, I've seen Bruce Springsteen, uh, also uh, from New Jersey. I've seen Bruce Springsteen probably... I think last was 32 times in concert. So Dude, you and I think David Mirman Scott, mm-hmm. uh, have you heard about David? Yeah, yeah, John, right? David. yeah, he and then I think Brian Halligan, who's the CEO of uh, HubSpot. I think all three of you, I think I, there needs to be something because I think they both have talked about going to those shows for like 40 times. And literally he yeah. has a spreadsheet <laughs> of one year and all that stuff. So that is, that is really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. big Springsteen fan. And then... Also, um, big, uh, big into fitness, and so I, I'm a big Peloton rider, and uh, I was like one of the early adopters of Peloton, actually. We've had it for several years, so if anyone wants to jump on a ride and race me, yeah. my leaderboard name is Bald Guy, so, <laughs> Literally. so, so come at me, bro. <laughs> awesome. All right, so with that being said, mm-hmm. let's talk about building the best team, because right. we all know individually, we really can't do much. Yeah. You know, after some period, like you're going to run out of gas and right. you're going to feel like it's all the shoulder, the weight of the, the whole world is on your shoulders and you need to have a great team to have great results. Yeah. And, and you have done that masterfully at so many different companies. So let's, let's talk about that. What is, what are the top, like I know we have 10, but maybe the top three. So let's just go yeah. to the first one that comes to your mind that you feel is, is absolutely the most important thing. Yeah. 
what you just said there is, is the important point to make is that your success as a marketing leader or uh, an executive in your company is going to be based less on how good you are at your job. It's going to be based less on, you know, how creative you are, your skills. It's going to be based more on how good a team you can build. So you have to look at everything through that, that lens, right? You know, without a team around you to help you, you will not be successful. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the, the first point is, is, you know, realizing that um, the team, with the right team, you could really do anything. Why is it hard for people to realize that? I, I think it's hard for people because everyone thinks they're very smart and yeah. people spend a lot of money to get these degrees at fancy schools and then they get into the job and they think, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to carry the, this on my shoulder. Right. Yeah. And, you know, being in a startup, sometimes you have to have that mentality where I'm going to, I'm going to do this all myself, but in a function like marketing, especially, I mean, saying you work in marketing is like yeah. saying you work in business. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's so broad, yes. right? Well, what kind of marketing do you do and what specialty have you carved out for yourself in marketing? So for me as a CMO now, uh, you know, I mean, I probably know I know a lot about a lot of things in marketing, Mm. and I think I'm a pretty good generalist. But for me to be excellent at different pieces of the marketing puzzle, you have to find the right specialists to really take it to that next level. Uh, And I think that's where it's hard for people is that they try to take on too much much on themselves, and they end up not being great at anything, especially things that they need to be great at. You know, one example is uh, something like lead generation. Mm. You don't want to hire a generalist to do lead generation because yeah. it's so technical today. Yeah. It requires so much expertise and specialization that if you just hire some someone and say, hey, well, they're pretty smart. They can figure it out. Yeah. No, they're not going to figure it out. Or if they do figure it out, it's going to be three years down the road and it's already too late. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that is, Jeff, that is such a great point. I feel like especially if you're in marketing today is all specialist roles. Right. Like, you know, and I've always found it really, really hard to even promote anybody into anything other than like so if you're a graphic designer, what yeah. do you promote that person to? Like yeah. a senior graphic designer? Like, you know, yeah. and, and they're not never gonna have like a huge team reporting right. into them. So it's really not fair sometimes it feels like for a person in marketing to look at it. So so I wonder in terms of just figuring out hiring the right person in that, how do you even think about them being able to do other things? How do they grow beyond right. their own role? So I like to hire specialists, but I call them specialists with stretch, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's a key thing when you're looking at candidates and you're trying to assess, is this someone who not only can do a good job at what I'm asking them to do today, yeah. but can they grow into a broader role tomorrow? And so I always look for stretch potential. And the way you gauge stretch potential, I think, is through a couple of things. You look at, are they able to demonstrate results on their programs? Are they the kind of marketer that actually cares about the results and tracks the results and is proud of the results? Are they the kind of people that have invested in themselves? You know, do they have certifications that they've gone out? You know, anyone who now works on HubSpot or Marketo or Eloqua, or terminus, um, or terminus. <laughs> you know, but it, they do require yeah. some learning and some education. Have these people invested the time, energy to go learn ha- these new skills? And, I mean, nobody teaches terminus or HubSpot in yeah. business school, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to learn that after you're out of school. So those are some of the things to think about. Like, are these the kind of people that you think in a couple of years 
can take on a broader role in the organization. Yeah. I always look for that as part of the hiring process. I always ask people, I said, well, what, where do you want to be eventually? Yeah. And I like when people tell me, well, Jeff, I want to kind of be in, in a role like you're in, mm-hmm. right? I, I like what I'm doing now, but eventually I want to broaden out. Yeah. Now, there will be some roles within a marketing team because you talked about graphic design before. Yeah. That is always going to be, I think, a specialized role. And I find that people who want to work in graphic design, uh, yes, they want to they want to grow their career and they want to expand their skill set. But a lot of times they want to do that through learning new aspects of graphic design. Right. They so don't want to just go and do something else completely. Right. So if they're doing a lot of print work, how about video? If they're doing a lot of video, how about digital? Mm. So there's even ways within a much more specialized function that probably where people probably won't get beyond that function. There are ways within that function to help people grow and learn. And, you know, one of the things that that we did recently at at Park Mobile, we had a woman who was, uh, she was very much a generalist. Mm -hmm. She was doing everything. She was doing email marketing and she was doing design and she was doing social media. And we sat down and said, well, what do you want to do? And she decided she wanted to do graphic design. But she's not a formally trained graphic designer, but she's passionate about it. Right. And that's, you know, you're, you're already halfway there if you're yeah. passionate about right. that specific function. So we said, okay, let's do this. Let's get you out to the Adobe conference mm-hmm. so you can really learn. So we, as a company, invested in her that is awesome. to get her some training. And you and got knowledge. like a ton of loyalty from that person. Then. Right, right. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. That is really cool. All right. So we talked about just the idea of specialist. You also talked about earlier before we started to record is the idea of like just building the network. Yes. And, yeah. and have that talk. Talk to us about that. So... I truly believe that if your network is weak, your hiring is going to be weak. I think the worst thing that can happen is that you have a, a job opening and you have no idea who you want to fill that position. You don't have anyone to reach out to uh, to get referrals to fill that position. And so what do you do? You end up going to a headhunter yeah. and a recruiter. And nothing against recruiters. I love recruiters. I have yeah. a lot of friends that are recruiters. But you end up going to these recruiters. They source you know, whatever candidates they can find, hopefully they get you some good ones. Yeah. People that you don't know, don't have exposure to, haven't really, yeah. you know, you, you don't know people who've worked with them most yeah. of the time. I find that's a very bad way mm-hmm. to hire. And also takes a lot of time. Yeah. Because the recruiter's got to go find the candidates and then right. you have to screen them. And then finally you get a couple that come in and that you can talk to. Um, and I've found, you know, with recruiting candidates sourced by recruiters, I mean, it's, you know, one good one out of five. Do you feel it's more about the like director sort of executive level recruiting where you got to have mm-hmm. the, the network yourself? Right. So like in our case, like we were, we were hiring like 40 salespeople, right. right? So there is no way we would be able to hire with like just let's say 10 or 12. So we need a recruiter kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right. But when I think about the director reports, the one that I'm going to work with day in and day yeah. out, majority of them, I love to have a relationship with them because it takes time to sure. trying to build trust and that all those kind of things. Yeah. Is there like two levels of it in your mind? Maybe, but I'll push back a little bit on yeah, the point about we need a lot of salespeople. We have to just get them in the door. Yeah. That To me, that that way of thinking is troublesome and problematic because if, if you think you just need to get bodies and seats, yeah. I will bet you half of those employees will burn out and won't, work. won't make it won't work. And maybe that's your strategy. Yeah. And if no, you I remember. hire and get them out and, and test them quickly. But I really think as, as hiring managers, as executives, as people who manage teams, part of your job is to build your network and to really be out there 
in the market that you're operating in. So I'm very involved in all the marketing associations in town. I speak at a lot of events. I try to be very visible. Yeah. I also maintain a very active network of people that are other CMOs or other marketing leaders and companies that I could constantly talk to. I have right. lunches frequently. So when I have a job open, I have a list of about 100 people that I send that job description to. I remember, to I always first. get like every <laughs> month or so, I yeah. get a note from you like, hey, I'm hiring somebody or somebody needs right. somebody, you don't know someone. And it always like, oh, I don't see anybody else doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's old school too, it's yeah. email. Yeah, right. Yeah, it works. And I emailed, but it's a it's a curated list, and I put it on BCC so yep. people aren't going to annoy those people. But I've gotten some great candidates that way. That is a great idea, you know. And also, I I share too. It's like if yeah. I don't have a head open, but yeah. my colleague who's a CMO at another company does, I'll share great candidates with that person as yeah. well. Yeah. And and so Both then ones. when it's my turn yeah. to just hire, maybe they'll share some with with me. Yeah. So so the network is key. Actually, at Park Mobile. You know, when I came in, we had we had we've had some some transition, but we now have um, eight people on the team, mm -hmm. and with the exception of one, they've all been sourced through our networks, and not just my networks or the networks of other employees we have. Yeah, because I, I really believe that you know the best kind of talent you're going to get in the organization are the people that come out of your network. Now you might get lucky; yeah. the recruiter has some good ones, but but really focus on the network, and I. I I think you know people should be, um, and I I don't want to sound creepy with this, but you should you should be a little bit of a stalker in a yeah. good way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you should, as a as a marketing leader, you should be looking at the market, say who are the people in the market that I think are are really talented, or that next generation of talent, or people that I want to know. Yeah. And take them to lunch, or meet them at an event. Uh, you know, th those kind of things will help you really build a pipeline of talent. So then when that job opens up, you go back to your list of, all right, these are the people that I think are really talented that I'd like to work with. Do you, you keep a running list? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That is absolutely. awesome. Okay. Yeah. So all, anybody you meet, good talent, mm -hmm. you make a mental note, yep. you make a note somewhere, and then as and when, you know, don't know if it's going to be for you right now or later on, right. but you just keep up with that list. Yeah. Or I'll refer them to a friend. Yeah. That is, you know, because I think I think marketers always have to help other marketers yeah. get to their, yeah. you know, all leaders job. need that. So talk to about this, the hire fast mm -hmm. part and fire fast. Right. Well, I used to say, and then the, the saying goes, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was that was what everyone always um, talked about. And, and I I really did believe that because I, I don't think you want to make a mistake with a hire and you have to be very thoughtful during the process and make sure that person you know, it's going to be a good fit because I've made bad hires before yeah. and there's nothing worse. Yeah. Really. Cause you know, you get them on board, you realize it's not a good fit depending on the size company. Sometimes yeah. it takes a long time to manage them out of the company. Yes. So you, you want to give them chance. You want to not look bad. Like there's all these things come yeah. with it. Yeah. It's, it's your hire. Yeah. You know, it's on you. Yeah. So hiring slow is always a way to mitigate against, you know, uh, making a mistake yeah. in the hiring process. But recently I found that I was taking too long mm. and I was getting left at the aisle. So we were ready to go out with an offer for a candidate. Yeah. And they would call back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I accepted a job in another company. It's happened to me three times. So people were moving fast. Right. Faster than me. Yeah. And so and I- How long was the time? Like, what, what, I mean, was it really weeks or was it like days? It was a couple weeks. Okay. I mean, you know, from probably the, when the resume first came in to getting them in for some screening to yeah. then meeting the team and some final rounds. 
it was probably three or four weeks. So it was, it was a long, thoughtful process. Yeah, it right? still doesn't sound too long for like a three or four weeks to hire somebody to go from one company to another, right. unless they're in the, the market looking for a job. Yeah. Seems pretty normal. Well, because we're in Atlanta, yeah. and I think the marketing talent pool is, is somewhat limited. Yeah. It's a good talent pool, but yeah. there's just not enough marketers I to go around. So if you are a talented marketer, you will get snatched up pretty quickly. Yeah. So you, as a hiring manager and a leader, you have to look at every candidate through that lens saying, all right, yeah. do I want to roll the dice and maybe be a little faster with this candidate? Or do I want to really be more deliberate? And I'm not sure. So we've had a couple candidates recently since I got left at the aisle. <laughs> I got like three times this happened to me. I love that. I don't, I've yeah. never heard anybody who this like left at the aisle. That three is, times yeah, that happened. I can, I can literally picture you feeling like that. What, what just happened here? I mean, I mean. Offer letter goes out. Oh, I'm sorry, I just accepted. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, man, it's crushing. Because I've also invested a lot of time in the yeah. interview process. Yeah, you're excited. You got everybody internally excited about it. You know, I've gone and fought with the CFO about you know, <laughs> comms and everything. So, you know, so what I realized is that you do, to some extent, you do have to go with your gut. Because I, I really thought about it. So those three candidates that I liked, if I had gone faster, would that have made a, or if I had not taken as much time? Yeah. Would it really have made a difference, you know, in the process? And no, like I liked them at right first. I thought yeah. they were the good fit. I just took too long to get to the, yeah. the final stages there. So in my last few hires, I moved very fast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, as soon as the interview is done, they're back in the parking lot to get a phone call. Well, I, 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 no, I don't let them leave the office. <laughs> if I decide they're the one, yeah, I will on the spot sometimes make them. Wow, you literally, yeah. that is... Well, Big. I'll tell you, I had a candidate who I knew she was going on an interview with yeah. another company the next day. I knew it. So and I said, I, I want to make this work. I want to make this happen. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let, you know, I got her the paperwork. Yeah. And she ended up canceling that interview. That is super cool. You know, so yeah. you have it's to be aggressive. aggressive. You have to be aggressive like this because, again, there's not enough talent. Yeah. If you want to get the best of the best, you have to make sure you're being very aggressive in pulling them in. Another candidate I had, which was interesting, I actually got her before she was even on the market. And that's another good strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I was at a, a Techstars event here in Atlanta. Yep. And they were doing a, like this little video about all the staff that supports the Techstars team. Mm -hmm. And in the video, there was a woman and it, her title was product marketing, brand storyteller, content yeah. creation. Yeah. And I was like, I, need, I was in a point at Park Mobile where I was like, I need exactly that. Yeah. And I didn't actually have a job open, but I said, she works with Techstars. Yeah. I know this organization is great. She must be a rock star. So sitting there watching the video, I, I LinkedIn messaged her. Yeah. We got lunch like the next day and I made her a job offer the next week. Wow. So we were able to bring her in. And that was an example of getting a really good candidate because Techstars, it's a, about a year commitment. So she was about to get her resume ready to go on the market. That's and perfect. so getting her out of the market before she actually was out there. Yeah. Um, that, that's a great strategy. And, and Techstars, you know that she has gone to the grinder. She oh, yeah. has work ethics. Yeah. She knows how to work with multiple priorities. Yeah, so. she, you know, in Techstars, you work with like 10 companies yeah. and all these founders. So it ended up being a great hire. She's been with us uh, several months now. So we're really happy with her. That is awesome. All right, all right. So lots of, lots of notes. I'm going to try to pull maybe two or three big ideas out of here. And I wanted you leave everybody with a challenge to hire the best team? What is the one thing they should do like today, tomorrow, right? Because yeah. clearly the last one got me thinking. All right. So the first big idea out of all of this is that 
if you believe you're a good leader, you have to start recognizing that it's not you, it is your team. Right. And if the faster you build a great team, the faster you'll become a great leader. Yeah. It all is so apparent and it probably takes, it's probably going to push your ego a little bit mm -hmm. and all those things, you have to keep that all aside if you really want to be successful. So I think yeah. it's a hard lesson that I've learned mm -hmm. the, the hard way and hopefully you don't have to learn the hard way, but it's not about you. Yeah. You have to build a great team. Yeah, there's a saying that about that where when you give your team the spotlight, yeah. it reflects on you yes. as a leader. So yes. just think about that, putting your team out there, uh, making sure they're the ones getting credit yeah. um, more, and, more than you as the leader. And, and, and there are so many ways to do it even internally, mm -hmm. right? Like recognizing them internally. Right. You don't have to be going out in the world doing that, but even internally it matters. Right. People come to work for me. The other part that I think is, is really a big idea, hopefully people tune into this part, which was around hiring for specialists with a stretch goal. Mm. I feel like that is such an interesting thing because you're looking for people who care, who care about meeting results, exceeding results, and, and doing incredible things, investing in themselves. But, but if you want them to, to really have some stretch goals so that they can do bigger things, Hiring the specialist, not just that they're the best at SEO or pay-per-click or whatever it might be. If they don't have a stretch goal, that might be a red flag too, mm -hmm. right? Because they can't really adapt maybe to different changing priorities in companies. Yes. Um, and the third, and, and maybe maybe a really, really big idea for everybody out there, you can't be recruiting sitting in your office. Right. You have to be out there. You have to be constantly being tuned in for what's happening in the marketplace. I, I love the example you just shared, Jeff, of like finding, going to, to a Techstars event and finding somebody and then hiring them. Like that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't be there, right? right? If you were sitting in your office trying to do your thing, it, it's really hard. So go out and do something, build your network, yeah. be, a, a, be on an off, offensive line, if you will, to, to build a talent pool. You may or may not need them right now, but at some point, if you need them, you don't want to be the person standing by the aisle, right. as you said. So I love that that as a, as a big takeaway. What's the one challenge you want to give every leader who wants to hire the best team on the planet? Yeah, so I, probably the, the challenge I would give to every leader is to really start focusing on your network. Mm -hmm. um, sort of what you said in your last point, Sangram. Focus on your network. Make time every week to do something related to building your network. Now that could be a, a lunch with a colleague, that could be I'm gonna just go on LinkedIn for a while and, and look at you know, who's doing cool stuff in the marketing world. Yep. I'm gonna to go to you know, an awards, a marketing awards banquet and see what companies are getting awarded. Because yep. uh, obviously if they're winning awards, that probably is a good indicator. Yeah. That they have be a really talent. good stalker, pretty much yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. But, but not be, don't be creepy, creepy. about it. <laughs> don't be creepy about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think the, the challenge is build that network and then create that list uh, of, of candidates that will be in your pipeline. So the next time you're hiring, you know, rather than calling your friend the recruiter yeah. and, and paying that person 20% of the annual yeah. <laughs> salary, start with your network first and build out from there. And maybe you'll need a recruiter to get some extra candidates in. But yeah. I, I, think, I think in hiring today, just like if you're trying to find a job, yeah. What's the best way to find a job? Through your network. your network. What's the best way to hire candidates? Through your network. So so definitely think about that network when it comes to recruiting, because I do think if you want to build a high-performing team, if you want to build the A team, you're going to need to really source some unique candidates that could bring a lot to the table. 
And, you know, um, I don't think you're going to do that from recruiters or people dropping the resume on LinkedIn. I think yeah. you're going to do it by building the best network uh, that you can use and tap into. I love that. Jeff, thank you so much, Matt. All right, brother. All right. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.